0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network,
1: your team every day. This is the Locked On Reds podcast on a Friday. I'm your host, James Erpine. Great to be with you and a lot to get to on Twitter at James Erpine at Locked On Reds. Subscribe iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher wherever you get your podcast, including LockedOnReds.com, where right now, well, we got articles. We got videos. Watch Jesse Winker's walk-off home run. My guy Jeffrey Carr takes a second to appreciate Scooter Jeanette, and he doesn't mention trades or extensions, even though I'm going to on today's podcast. And Jacob Rood makes his Locked On Reds debut by looking at Billy Hamilton. We have a Billy Hamilton problem. It's really in-depth. It's uh, worth your time to check out. It's live right now. It's the future story at lockedonreds.com. Every podcast posted there as well. Plus, you can see me on TV. If you want to see me on TV, see my my ugly mug. You can do that as well. In one spot, the website lockedonreds.com. Doug Gray, redsminorleagues.com. Coming up in just a bit to talk draft. I'll ask him about Scooter Jeanette's future. If they should move into the outfield, maybe Jesse Winker. Uh, what they should do with him, and more coming up in just a few minutes here on the Lockdown Reds podcast. The Reds getting set for a three-game series at Great American Ballpark against the Cardinals. Matt Harvey on the mound tonight, Luis Castillo tomorrow, and Sunday it is Disco Anthony DiSclafani on the mound. It's going to be tough. They're going up against the Cardinals. Um, tonight is Captain America bobblehead night. Tomorrow night is Scooter Jeanette on a scooter bobblehead day. It's at a 4 o'clock uh, start time. And then Sunday, a one ten start at Great American Ballpark. So, good uh, good weekend to go to the good old ballpark because there's plenty of giveaways and things. And plus, maybe the Reds will win one or more than one. Um, but today is more so long term and what we're going to do on this podcast. Obviously, Doug Gray will talk draft with him coming up in a few minutes, and you're going to hear from Keith Law in about sixty seconds here on Jesse Winker because yesterday my big takeaway: Jesse Winker three for three, relieved Adam Duvall after Duvall went one of three. Jesse Winker should be playing every day, and I'm tired of it. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I kind of wavered yesterday on the podcast, and I thought about it yesterday, and that was stupid of me. So here, here's my take. My mind isn't changing. Period. Put him in left field. Adam Duvall is just the fourth guy off the uh, fourth uh, outfielder that plays sparingly. I'm tired of it. Adam Duvall is hitting 185, and we want to talk about Jesse Winker's struggles in May. Winker's average has jumped 20 points in the past four games. Winker was 3-for-3 yesterday. His average before it jumped 20 points was in the 240s. Adam Duvall is hitting 185 and is not a part of the rebuild. He is not a part of the future. Jesse Winker might be. Oh, but Jesse Winker's weak defensively. He's also getting on base 37% of the time. He's not going to learn how to play defense in AAA. Clearly, he's not. You know why? Because he was there. He was in the organization for six seasons, or has been for six seasons. He was in the minors. And now you're seeing the product. Now you're seeing the development. It wasn't there defensively. Let him play every day. The Reds have 99 games left. He should play the majority of them, barring injury or anything unforeseen like that. Play him, get him experience. It's the best teacher. It sounds cliche. I haven't heard one analyst, one media member who I values opinion. I'll ask Doug Gray this coming up in a bit. There's no way. I haven't heard one that agrees. Oh, that Jesse Winker should be benched or Jesse Winker should go to AAA. No. And yes, I entertained the idea yesterday. But the more I think about it, why would you send him down? Who are you clearing room for? The Senzel thing would be the most logical. I'm not doing it for Adam Duvall, anyways. I'm also not doing it for Nick Senzel. There's another spot that'll get cleared, another injury, something will happen. Ultimately, this is about the future. I've said it all year. I'll say it again. Set the table. Set the table for 2019. I don't want Duvall at the table. I don't want Billy Hamilton at the table. And Jacob Rood wrote about it at LockedOnReds.com. You know who I want at the table? Jesse Winker, and maybe he's not good enough to be at the table. Maybe he is so bad defensively that you just can't put him in the lineup every day in 2019 when you're trying to actually win some games. So the Reds have 99 games. I want them to use the next 99 games to decide if Jesse Winker is going to be the starting left fielder next year or not. Don't give a damn about Adam Duvall. Not a part of the solution. Jesse Winker might be. And the way you figure that out is by gathering information. I'm in the information gathering business. You know how you gather it? By playing him. Heck, Keith Law, ESPN, was on with Mo Egger on ESPN 1530. He agrees that Jesse Winker should be playing daily.
0: Look, he should be playing every day. They need to make the commitment. Yeah, I know they like Adam Duvall, who's been awful this year (laughs) and really has never been very good, right? He's just not a good on-base guy at all. And I know they like Scott Shubbler, but he's really not part of the future either. They need to have Winker just playing every day. He, okay, maybe he's not leading off, maybe he's hitting seventh. I don't care about that. He needs to come to the park every day and know he's in the lineup. No matter who's pitching, no matter how badly he might have played over the last two weeks, he has to be a regular because he needs at-bats to continue to develop. He's already proven everything at A, And having him on the major league bench is basically just going to relegate him to bench status for the long term. And I don't think he's that. I think he's an everyday player. Who should have well above average on base skills and be able to hit 15, maybe, maybe more like 20 homers, especially given that ballpark. I'm shocked at the lack of power. I'm disappointed at how he's been handled and used this year, but that doesn't explain the lack of power either. The fact that he's slugging, I think I just looked, it was 319 or so in with that as his home ballpark. That's kind of shocking because this is not a, he's not a zero power guy. He can drive the ball and he should be trying to drive the ball obviously more than he is.
1: That's Keith Law, and he's spot on. And I look, I'm done. I'm done with it. I'm done with it. I'm done with it. If Jesse Winker isn't in the lineup, 89% of the time, then Jim Riggleman's wrong. Then Dick Williams is wrong. Then the Reds are wrong. Period. That's it. It's black and white. There, there is no in-between. There is no—the only way he's going to get better is by playing. Period. I'm James Rapine. This is the Locked on Reds podcast. You can subscribe, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher. Wherever you get your podcast, including lockedonreds.com. Up next, Doug Gray going to join the podcast to talk all things Reds draft. I'll ask him about Winker, Scooter, and so much more. Keep it locked right here on the Locked on Reds podcast. And let's bring in Doug Gray. You can follow him on Twitter at DougDirt24. Check out his in depth coverage of the Reds draft of the Reds minor league system at redsminorleagues.com. He covered every single round of the draft. And he's on with us now. I appreciate the time, as always, Doug. Let's start with Jonathan India. The Reds drafted him fifth overall. What do you like? What do you not like about the infielder from Florida?
2: Well, I'll start off with what, what I am slightly concerned about. I don't think it's a huge deal. But if there's going to be one thing to worry about with Jonathan India, it's how much contact he's going to make. He struck up 48 times this year in 195 at bats. Now, if you're a professional, that's still kind of an iffy strikeout rate. But as a college player, that's pretty high. Um, You know, if if you want to compare it to, say, Nick Senzel, who they took out of college two years ago, that's about twice as often as Nick Senzel struck out. So it's it's a bit of a high strikeout rate. If you want to talk about what you like about him, it's pretty much everything else that he does. Um, He draws walks, he hit for average in college, he showed a ton of power. he can play very good third base defensively. Most people think he can play very good second base defensively. There's a few people out there that think maybe he can play shortstop as a professional, and it sounds like the Reds may actually be giving him a shot to uh, try out shortstop uh, once he signs and they get him you know, into the organization. So very athletic guy, big-time power, small chance to play shortstop, but if not, he's got fallback options. I, I really like this pick.
1: And that's where a lot of Reds fans I, – I saw a lot of people reacting to this. The Reds need pitching. Why would they not take a pitcher with the fifth pick? They have a third baseman. They have a, another their, – their top prospect obviously came up playing third base and Nick Senzel as well. Why would they go with a third baseman? What do you say to those fans um, – and I didn't really see an analysts doing this, but fans that say that say that the Reds – we're at a position of strength at third, why would you draft another third baseman when they need other, or when they have other needs? I
2: mean, to be fair, they're, they're not wrong in the theory that they're spouting. You know, the Reds do have plenty of third basemen. Heck, they've got plenty of second basemen, but the baseball draft isn't like the NFL or NBA draft. You, you can, you can't draft for need because to, I mean, even guys that you think are going to be very good players in the future don't work out far more often than you'd imagine. Um, you know, a great example is, uh, Dustin Ackley, who went number two overall in the 2009 draft, he hit over 400 every single year at North Carolina. The SEC is a very good baseball conference. Uh, if Dustin Ackley walked into your room right now, would you know who he was? No, you probably no, wouldn't. I No, and I wouldn't. It, it, and he's a guy that you know, everybody thought was absolutely can't miss, Stats out of this world in college in a very good baseball conference. Then he turned out to be a, an okay-ish major leaguer for a couple of years. Right now, he's 30 years old playing first base in AAA. I mean, it's, baseball, is, it's very, very difficult to say who's going to make it and who's not, even when you go as high as number one or number two in the draft. Um, so you pick a guy that you think is going to be the best future major leaguer, regardless of position, and if you can't find somewhere to play them and they're still that good, they're going to have trade value in the future. So you, you don't really want to take somebody that, quote-unquote, fits a need, Because, one, by the time a guy gets to the Major League, it's going to be three or four years later from the time they're drafted. And your needs may not be the same at that point. But, two, given the failure rate of Major League Baseball draft picks, you want to just find a guy that you feel comfortable is going to be the best one available and just just hope that it works out.
1: Yeah, and that's where I'm at. I'm a big NFL draft guy, and and I love the NFL draft, and I pay attention to it. Same thing with the NBA draft. It's 40 rounds, Major League Baseball. It's just much harder to to dive into on, on that type of scale. That being said, I don't even want NFL teams. I don't want the Bengals as a fan to draft for need. I always say pick players, not positions. It's even more so in baseball where India, we probably aren't going to see him make an impact at a minimum of three years. And that's minimum where he's he's an everyday player for the Reds. And I know he could be on the fast track, all of this different stuff. But who knows what happens with Nick Senzel then? Who knows what happens with Eugenio Suarez? I, I know he's playing well this year. What if he gets injured next year, or the year after that, and is never the same? So I, I totally get why the Reds didn't reach on a pitcher when they they had a guy like India who they liked more.
2: Yeah, I mean it, it's going to be a couple years till we see him, and that's if things go right, and hopefully they do because God knows the Reds need as much talent infusion yes. as they can possibly get right now. But, Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it's just it, it's very different from a draft perspective in terms of you know going out and picking guys up, and you know as you said, you don't really want to draft for needs so.
1: Doug Gray is with us, RedsMinorLeagues.com. Follow him on Twitter, at DougDirt24. Let's dive into what they did uh, on the rest of day one, because they picked Lyon Richardson, a right-handed pitcher, uh, went to Jensen Beach, Florida High School, and then Josiah Gray from LeMoyne College. And I'm not going to act like I even know where LeMoyne College is. Let's start with Lion and then dive into Josiah. What do they bring? What do you like? What are you concerned about? Well,
2: oh, both. These guys actually are relatively raw as pitchers uh, Lion Richardson got right out of high school uh, he was more of an outfielder uh, prospect in terms of most of his career in, in high school uh, but you know really broke out this year in his senior year on the mound um, some days he's sitting in the mid 90s touching 98 uh, very good curveball in the low 80s some people say it's a plus pitch in the future uh, so you, you have to really really like the upside uh, with with with, with Lion Richardson, who, by the way, I love that name, Lion Richardson. That's yeah. great. I, yeah, I really it love is. it. Um, <laughs> so I, I really enjoyed the fact that the Reds, in what I consider to be um, not not necessarily a, a good draft when it comes to having um, you know safe but still high upside picks available, uh, that the Reds went with an upside pick here. Um, and they, they did the same thing in, with their, their competitive balance round two drafts with Josiah Gray, another guy. Not a ton of pitching experience. He actually went to college. You know, you mentioned you don't even know what LeMoyne College is. and I- I'm with you. I know it's in the state of New York, but that's about <laughs> it. Um, but he threw 23 innings in his freshman and junior year, or sophomore years in college. Uh, he went to college to play shortstop, and he pitched a little bit on the side. But the Reds actually decided, or uh, LeMoyne College decided to put him in the rotation this year. Posted a 1.25 ERA in 93.1 innings, and 105 strikeouts, and he started to flash really big stuff. Um, you know, he's got up to 97 miles per hour with his fastball. He's uh, got a good breaking ball, um, but it's, it's still a little bit inconsistent, which is not surprising given the complete lack of pitching he's really had in his life. Uh, but another one of these guys, big upside in, in a draft like this, I think that it's a very good move for the Reds to kind of shoot for the stars, so to speak, rather than to take somebody who may be, quote-unquote, a little bit safer, but doesn't have a lot of upside.
1: He's Doug Gray. Follow him on Twitter at DougDirt24. Really comprehensive draft coverage on his website right now at RedsMinorLeagues.com. I also link to it at LockedOnReds.com. Yeah, I, I saw what you wrote about Richardson, and, and it just it seemed like, and basically, honestly, what you, you said about the, the third-round pick as well in Gray, they're athletic, they're players that, like, do you think Richardson has the, the chance at some point? Like, let's say it doesn't work out pitching-wise. He could move, or is it just he's he's only a pitcher?
2: I mean, you never want to say never, but I think that as a professional, he's probably just a pitcher.
1: But he's um, but he's athletic, right? He's obviously athletic yeah, if he played short as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of guys who play short stuff in high school, they're going to go on to be professional athletes, though. That, does, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be, you know, athletic enough to play a position um, as far as other professionals go. Um, but, you know, you, you never want to say never, But I I think that he's going to be made or broken as far as things go, only on the mound.
1: Doug, and I I don't want to take you through each and every draft pick. Obviously, for more comprehensive uh, overview of the draft in in detail, check out RedsMinorLeagues.com. But is there a player outside of the three we've talked about that stands out as as a guy that you really liked, either the value or where the Reds got him, or just is under the radar someone that we should keep tabs on?
2: You know, we actually, the guy that jumps out to me the most is the guy that actually they took in the third round, Brent Spillane. Uh, this is a guy, he slugged 9.03 this season in the Big Ten. Now, the Big Ten is it, not the best baseball conference, but it's still a pretty good baseball conference. And this guy slugged 9.03 this year. Big time power. Now, there's some swing and miss in his game. There's, it's, I think that's going to be a concern. But another one of these really big upside picks. Um, if you're going to be a guy who can, you know, play a reasonably good corner outfield and have that kind of power, you've got a shot. And when you get that guy in the third round, I really do like the value that's there.
1: Doug and yeah, that's that's interesting. And that's the thing is, it looks like, call me crazy here, but like India, well, uh, and I heard what Dick Williams said about him. They think he could be on the fast track, get here sooner rather than later. A guy like Spillane who certainly established himself in college. You look at Nick Senzel, and, and they drafted him less than, well, two years ago now. And, and at some point this year, we expect him to be up. It seems like the Reds' front office is prioritizing getting players, at least position players, that could contribute to the major league sooner rather than later.
2: Yeah, and one of the other things is, you know, you mentioned with all these guys, at least position player with they've all got position flexibility. It's not like they're locked yeah. into one spot on the field. It seems that the Reds believe that these guys could play multiple spots. And I mean, while we haven't necessarily seen them do that at the major league level yet, I, I think that we're going to start seeing guys come up that actually can do that. And it, it's just going to give them more options and more flexibility as to what they can do and mix and match guys up. And I, I think that is a part of what their long term plan. We've seen teams like Chicago do that with several of their players, you know, just finding the right matchup for that day. And, you know, even a guy that's as good as Chris Bryant is playing two or three different positions during the season just because that's what's going to work out for the team. And, you know, he's athletic enough to make it happen.
1: Doug Gray, RedsMinorLeagues.com, with us. For more on the draft, make sure you check out his website. Follow him on Twitter as well, at DougDirt24. I can't let you go, Doug, without asking you about the big league club at least a little bit. First, let's start with you mentioned positional flexibility. Let's start with Scooter Jeanette. He's obviously hitting the cover off the ball. I think he's a guy that maybe you extend him if he shows he can play the outfield consistently every single day. I want to talk about the outfield as well, but what would you do right now if you're the Reds and you got a guy like Nick Senzel who's hit pretty well recently in AAA? At some point, you're going to want to get him up here into the major leagues, and you got a guy like Scooter who's hitting the cover off the ball. Would you try to move him to the outfield?
2: I would, but I, I think that right now there's also a question of how well is his shoulder doing? You know, we, we've seen him, not that Scooter Jeanette's ever been considered a good defender, but I think that we've seen since he came back from a couple days off with the shoulder injury that his arm isn't quite what it was. And if it's going to be something that's going to be bothering him. You can't put him in the outfield right now. And you can't take that bat out of the lineup because, as you said, I mean, he's just hitting the cover off of the ball. Uh, but I, I think long-term, if I were the Reds, I would probably try and approach him about a possible extension. Now, what I wouldn't do is give him, say, four years on the back end of his current deal. He's a free agent after 2019. But I wouldn't be surprised if they approached him and, say, offered him four years starting next year. You know, they just buy out that last year of arbitration and kind of get that locked-in number uh, for him, and they give him maybe two or three years after that. Now, if I'm Scooter Jeanette, I'm not signing that deal. But given that he's from the Cincinnati area, he seems to like here, maybe that's something that will work out. but in a normal scenario, I don't think that what the Reds should be offering him for a contract extension is something that someone of his caliber should be accepting. Uh, but because of the whole hometown thing, maybe it's something you can work out. But I only do that if I feel comfortable that he can play the outfield, because I think that is the kind of guy that he's going to provide so much value on the dirt. And second base seems to be the spot for him right now. Um, that It's, it, if Scooter Gannett is willing to play the outfield and you can get the numbers to work right for both sides, I would absolutely approach
1: something like that. Doug and, and I mentioned the outfield, and I, I started this podcast by talking about Jesse Winker, and I get it. He has shortcomings defensively, and I understand that he had a slump in May. Uh, and it, this isn't just because he his batting average has jumped twenty points over the past couple days, or he went three for three with a walk off. It isn't because of that, but ultimately, he's played in AAA. He, he was in the, the red system for six years. The idea of benching him when I know what Adam Duvall is, I know what the rest of this outfield is, seems silly. The idea of sending him down to the minors when I don't know if smaller ballparks, I don't know if it's going to make him better defensively down there. I would play him every single day he, knowing that he's going to have his shortcomings defensively. He's going to have his hot streaks and cold streaks at the plate. It's his first year in the major leagues. What would you do with Jesse Winker? Obviously, it seems like the Reds have been back and forth about this over the past 10 days.
2: Personally, I would put Jesse Winker only in left field. He's not a right fielder. And I've been so confused about that since they started playing him over there in the major leagues. If you look at the four outfielders, he's clearly, far and away, the worst guy when it comes to range and the worst guy when it comes to arm strength. Why is he playing in right field ever? It, It makes no sense. But it seems that for whatever reason, they've got Adam Duvall locked into only being able to play left field, and I, I just I, I never understood that. So I, I would definitely try and play Jesse Winker at least five times a week, and they'd all be starts in left field. Um, as you said, at, we we know what Adam Duvall is, and just like the other outfielders we've got, he's got some issues that you have to kind of work around, and he's got some strengths. Adam Duvall is a great defensive outfielder, and he's got plenty of pop, but he can't hit for average. He can't get on base. It's a pretty big issue. Um, with, with Jesse Winker, I, I think that you need to really figure out, is he a guy that, one, can be a part of the future every day? And I, I, I think there's still some room for debate for that. He's going to have to hit for more power than he's shown this year. Uh, that, that's unquestionable. because He's a corner outfielder. You can't have, you can't have a corner outfielder that hits nine home runs a year. He's got to be able to hit 15 home runs a year, or he's not
1: really going to be a starter. Uh,
2: I think you need to take the time this year to find that out, and that's only going to happen if you play him nearly every day.
1: He's Doug Gray. Follow him on Twitter at DougDirt24 and check out RedsMinorLeagues.com. Doug, I appreciate your time. Um, get some rest. Enjoy the weekend. I can't believe you wrote about 40 rounds of the draft, but uh, that's what makes you, you. And the thing is, it's not like it stops. You still have minor league coverage to cover as well. So it's it's insane the work you're putting in. It,
2: it, it's a never-ending job, but <laughs> I, I've worked other jobs. And there, there are some out there that are a lot worse than what I do. So
1: I, I'm not going to complain too much. Thanks, Doug. I appreciate it, man. Have a good weekend. You too, Jay. Thanks. Good stuff there from Doug Gray. There's a link to Doug's draft coverage on the website right now, at lockedonreds.com. This was a fun show, and I just I hope this weekend. And I'm going to a game this weekend. I think that's the plan. I hope one the weather's good. Two, I hope they get at least a win because they're going up against like Carlos Martinez. They're going up against like the the tough. Uh, tough matchups, obviously, against St. Louis. And they're, they're thrown out there. Matt Harvey tonight. Luis Castillo tomorrow. And then Disco on Sunday. Uh, it's it's crazy. I mean, heck, yesterday against the Rockies, you have a starting pitcher go six in Tyler Malley. That's that's rare for the Reds. It happened yesterday. I'm James Urpain. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We'll be back at it next week. I will say this. I'm going on... Vacation Tuesday of next week. We're still going to do podcasts and all of that. Uh, all of this. It won't be as daily. It won't be. I'm not going to go on many vacations during the season. I know it. It's it's not well timed, but uh, I'm going to get the vacations in before football starts because then we'll be doing double duty with football and baseball. So uh, we will still be doing podcasts. Keep a lookout for them. I'll obviously tweet them at James Rafine at Locked On Reds. We'll definitely have one Monday. Um, I'm thinking like a Monday, Wednesday, Friday type deal next week. Until then, have a great weekend. Enjoy it. I'll talk to you guys next week on the Locked On Reds podcast.
2: Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.